We are very excited about today's call, but before we get into the meat and potatoes of it all, we have Jesse Ledoux, our queen of coaching, with our kind of product special of the week. So Jesse, what do you got for us? Today's product is actually an opportunity, which is very exciting for all of our listeners and followers. So if you're a girl who loves pageantry, fashion, modeling, working the runway, et cetera, then the next Crown Couture Girl could be you. And there is an opportunity to represent Crown Couture collection throughout the year in promotional materials, photo shoots, more, and the experience of walking in New York Fashion Week for the Society Fashion Show. Pretty darn cool. And there you'll meet real industry professionals. And it's, of course, a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Okay, so so they get free entry um, into New York Fashion Week. So they're going to bring them there. And then they also get to represent the brand throughout the year. And this is just a model search. So how do they, do you know, like, do they submit their headshot or like their, their stats? And if so, like, where do they submit that information? Yeah. So the way it works is you'll submit and you'll be, the way it works is once they receive your submission, all entries will be part of a social media model contest where fans will vote for their favorite girls. So you're going to want to get all your friends and family on board for this one. The top five models with the most votes will then be judged by a highly esteemed panel of judges and the winners will then be announced um, following that judging process. So um, if you go to the website, it's all there for you. It's, I think it's, I would imagine shoot your headshot would be the best choice. And then of course, like a little blurb about why it should be you. Um, So with that said, you can submit to apply by visiting www.crowncouturecollection.com backslash model search 2017 and i'll say that one more time www.crowncouturecollection.com model search 2017 and, and we'll do the backslash podcast for for the week so if you're listening to this hot off the press then you can just go to backslash like pageant planet backslash podcast oh for sure yeah we'll redirect right there um if not pause it rewind it and listen to the url again so yeah. Awesome. And you have to submit by November 1st. That's important. So oh, submissions are welcome to November 1st. Got it. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the call today, Jesse, our queen of coaching, and myself. We're going to discuss 10 things that you do that's going to make you look like a newbie at your pageant. Nobody wants to look like a newbie. So don't do these 10 things. And if you do them, no judgment, just stop so you don't look like a newbie. So Jesse, do you want to set the stage for us? Of course. So I think we've all been to a pageant where you can just clearly pick out the girls who this is their first time around. And, you know, we all started somewhere. Um, I think many of you probably have seen my first pageant picture, and I made a lot of these mistakes. So don't feel like you are alone if you are preparing for your first pageant or you've already competed and you've kind of made some of these missteps. But we're going to talk about some things to make sure that you are avoiding so that you don't get pegged as the newbie and give yourself the best chance of success. Cool. Well, before I get into the first like newbie tip or newbie thing of not to do, 
I'd like to tell you that this episode is sponsored by the Crown Couture Collection, and they are the home of the original Crown Purse. Every purse is handcrafted to perfection with extremely durable materials, gorgeous hand-beaded handles, a mirror inside for touch-ups on the go, a pillow and ribbon of choice, and custom etching. For an additional fee, you may customize your nameplate with your name and or your title. Our beautiful crown purse also makes the perfect display case for title holders reign, and they are the official sponsor of several large pageant systems, including but not limited to National American Miss, USA National Miss, Miss United States, USA Ambassador, America's Miss World, and many, many more. We, they also offer um, princess and queen collections featuring apparel, accessories, and a whole lot more. So if you have specific colors in mind, different dimensions that you like, all of it can be customized at Crown Couture. Just go to crowncouturecollection.com and you could become a Crown Couture girl today. So with that, Jesse, give us the first newbie tip that girls just should not do. All right, the first newbie tip is uh, one that I have been a culprit of, and that's over-the-top nails. And we tell a lot of our VIP contestants, our, our people that listen to our podcast or follow us, neutral nails are best. So a really simple pink and white, even French is a little bit more passe than it used to be. Neutral colors, clean clean length, appropriate shape, et cetera. No airbrush designs, uh, no dark colors, because you don't want the judge's eyes to be drawn to your hands. You always want to draw them up towards your face um, because the face is what will win the pageant, the face, the energy, the vibrancy, et cetera. So don't make that mistake of having distracting nails. And even an interview, like that's the one thing that can catch judges' attention in the wrong way. And then they're just staring at your hand, trying to figure out what's on them. So keep that in mind. Keep the nails short, trim, clean, and neutral. Ah, that's good. You, you took my, my question. And my question was going to be the length of nails, because sometimes the girls get the fake ones, but they're extremely long, which can be distracting. And I mean, again, no judgment, right? If you are new to the industry of pageantry, you don't know these certain things. So that's the benefit of this podcast is so that you look like you've been competing for years your first time out the gate. Okay. Well, you covered that. I don't have any clarifying questions. That was pretty straightforward. What's the second one? Yeah, I had blue nails with (laughs) a white airbrush design for my first pageant. So learn from me. Yeah. Happy to pass along the good fortune. Um, Okay, so the next item. So this is something that you need to follow pageantry trends. So if you're preparing to compete in a pageant, you kind of have to do some research. Take a look at some of the major systems that have happened in the past year. So Miss America, Miss USA, Miss Teen USA, Miss America has a standing teen, USA National Miss, National American Miss, etc. So take a look and do some research, and then you'll kind of see what trends are in or out. One trend that has been out for a few years now, and I, I don't see it coming back dramatically um, is the acrylic shoe and the acrylic shoe is I'm not going to use the um, the I guess the vernacular term for them but they're see-through they're see-through shoes that are like usually a mile high and I just want to say they're okay for evening gown if you're wearing a gown with no slit if, you, if you're not going to see them it's okay but if they are out they're such an eyesore oh my gosh yeah they're called stripper shoes oh I was going to say <laughs> All right, so none of those, and they they look like the the clear see through acrylic, and um, on the heel, and it's like, is it both? 
can you get away with it if the acrylic portion, I don't know why it would be like this, but if the acrylic portion is on the heel, but not necessarily on the platform or just yeah, stay away know, from it altogether. There's a pair of Jonathan Canes and I, I have to look up what the name of the style is. And the, the pair has the pair, a leather strap with stones on it. Um, so the top of it doesn't have that like acrylic she- see-through plasticky look. It still looks like a really quality shoe. And the, the platform exists on the bottom ever so slightly. And then of course the heel. So as long as it's not like an, oh my gosh, like, cause th- these shoes exist with like a two inch platform in the front, which is really dramatic. And that is just going to draw the judge's attention in a really negative way. And of course we talk about all the time. We don't want any baby giraffe walkers. So you just got to be cautious. I mean, they do, shoes do exist to make this trend workable. So I'm not saying no to all acrylic, but it's the full acrylic aggressive platform with acrylic straps. So it just has that full, clear, shiny look to it. We want to avoid that. Got it. Okay. What's number three? Number three is overstyled hair. Um, so overstyled hair is a really perfectly quaffed updo or um, hair that has been curled all in one direction that's down. So it's so much so that it just like looks like two ringlets. They've all kind of meshed together. So the reason for that is you want to have a really glamorous and soft look on stage. And whether your hair is straight or whether it's curly or whether it's up, there are certainly ways to do that. And there is like the slick back ponytail um, or even the Olivia Culpo bun. Those are probably pretty acceptable. It's when you get into like the prom updo, um, or bridesmaid hairstyle that it really gets, um, to be questionable. Like Steven, I'm sure, you know, like if hair looks crunchy, it's overstyled. Yeah. Now when you're saying this, I'm thinking about the traditional, the higher the hair to closer to God, like the Texas, the really Southern eighties mm-hmm. type hairstyles, right? That it's overdone. It's going out all sides and yeah, if you rush, if you brush against it, it goes, sounds like you're in a pile of leaves. For sure. Well, volume is a good thing. We never want to steer clear of volume in pageantry because, of course, if you're on stage, everything has to be more dramatic. Um, And pageant hair, yes, the higher the hair, closer to God. We love that. It's just when it gets to be not immovable. So you don't want to walk on stage and, like, if you get caught in a severe storm, your hair is not going to move. The judges will want to see that softer side of you because they can just picture you as a real person instead of just overdone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got that. And if you like have a question or you think that like, I'm not sure if my hair qualifies as this and you don't have a hairdresser that you can trust, you know, and if you're a VIP girl, just send us a photo and we'll be able to tell you right off the bat. I mean, just go yeah, there. Absolutely. And for a lot of the younger contestants, I see this more often than I see it for teen, miss, and older divisions because they like parents will bring their daughters to their hairstylist and they give them like a picture to go off of and they're not used to pageant hair. So they do it in very flower girl style and it's just not the same. So you want to make sure it's like, if you look at what wins in preteen divisions, junior princess divisions, it's typically a soft look. So full voluminous, but really soft and natural. Um, speaking of babies, my niece, I just got word that my sister is going to put her into her very first pageant. Oh. It's on, oh, it's on October the 15th. It's called the Apple Butter Stir-Off Pretty Come Baby on. Pageant. Pageant. It's in Belpre, my hometown okay. of like 7,000, Belpre, Ohio, like 7,000 people. And she said, <laughs> I'm reading her text. Um, 
She's like, is it bad that I haven't put her in one yet because I'm afraid she won't win? Some ugly kid will get it. I'm not competitive at all, am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. So, all kids are beautiful. I know they are. But my, my sister and my family as a whole, like we're all just competitive. And so I told her to send me photos and I'll be um, like sharing them on social media. So everybody watching, you can watch around the 15th. We'll, we'll see what my my niece looks like and how she places at that oh, little apple butter wait. stir off. Yeah. Okay. What's the, let's see, that was three. What's the number three, four? Yep. So number four is this is a, a nonverbal skill uh, when you're on stage and that's when you don't give eye contact to the judges. And this is really a deal breaker for me as a judge. If a contestant doesn't know where the points are coming from, it's a huge red flag. Um, and that's a big deal, especially for younger contestants. If, if those younger contestants can keep eye contact with the judges instead of looking out to see their parents to kind of guide them through their walking pattern, it makes a big difference in your score. It shows confidence. So when you are walking out on stage, you're walking off stage, you should still have your eyes glued to those judges, at least in their vicinity, or at least towards the audience. And when you are directly in front of the judges, you should be looking at them. If you get a little bit nervous, you can look at their foreheads. Maybe that's a little less scary, but looking kind of all over the place in the audience and not paying attention to those judges, they give you the score. So give them attention. They'll be looking for it. Yeah. And it's, it's always good to work your way through the judges like, you know, looking at one versus the other, if you just single mm -hmm. out, especially if there's an attractive male judge, if you just single him out because maybe he's easy on the eyes, the girl's like, what the, why aren't you looking at me? So it's good to spread the love uh, to everybody, um, regardless of gender or your um, attraction factor. So it's good for there. And when you're walking around, when you're turning around to walk off stage, just focus on walking off, off stage. Don't make it uncomfortable where you're, you know, borderline exorcist where your head's turned all the way back and you're looking at the judges while you're exiting the stage. We don't want that. We want you to focus on where you're going. Sure. A little look over the shoulder is fine. Just when it gets awkward for you, it's awkward for everybody. So just yeah, stop. Definitely. Okay, good. But just do a plan because a lot of contestants, especially for their first time, they really don't know where they're going to look. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So if you keep your focus on the judges, it will avoid all of that. Yeah. And if there's a time and a place to play hard to get. Um, not when you're on stage trying to win the judge's affection. So just mm -hmm. look at them and that's cool. That's what is expected. Okay. Um, so next point, next point. So jewelry sets and these make me giggle a lot because I can remember getting a million of these when I was growing up. And so a jewelry set is when you get like a necklace and an earring combination from say a department store or a novelty jewelry shop, but they're not geared towards pageants. Usually they're on the delicate side. So they're just like, they're there to be there. And most of the time when I see them with an evening gown or a fun fashion, they just look like you felt like you had to put something on and that's what you chose. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're really small like turquoise or a blue <laughs> and they just, they're very matchy matchy. And you're like, oh, yes. this is, you know, and typically do you find that you see this on a lot of younger girls? Cause I feel like, I mean the, the junior teen, the princess division, things like that. You see a lot of that or do you see yeah. a lot on this? In I think I see it on everybody and I shouldn't say just those, the one. So I see them a lot when it's like a, a chain base versus like a jewel base. Mm -hmm. um, but rule of thumb in general, if you're wearing a necklace for evening gown or front fashion, you're probably not going to wear an earring with it and vice versa, or at least a big one. So you want to make sure that your jewelry is balanced and not fighting with each other. Um, I, I, we so rarely see necklaces with evening gowns 
at all, right? Am I yeah. right on that, Stephen? No, you are. Yeah, you're right. It, it's rare. So, so when in doubt, like if it's not making a statement or it doesn't serve a purpose to enhance the outfit, leave the little um, the little chain necklaces at home um, and like get some something bolder. Because I always like the joke, like the girl with the biggest earrings usually wins the pageant, which I always look like to make, now that I've heard that kind of like adage, I always look to see if the girl with the biggest earrings wins. And very often it's true. Yeah, we've got some very large earrings in our store. Shameless plug, gem ball mm-hmm. earrings, handcrafted, Swarovski crystals. They are bomb. My mother-in-law came into the house and we've got a bunch of them here. And she was like, oh, she's Brazilian. She's Brazilian. She's like, oh, these are beautiful. So she started playing with my damn mom. Damn. No. (laughs) They're for badger girls. (laughs) Stay focused. Um, Yeah. So, and the the bigger the earrings, the better the chances of winning. Got it. It's kind of like the the white dress syndrome, but in the earrings. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And if you're a newbie and you're listening to this, there's a common saying which jesse and i we don't believe it's true but if you wear a white dress um you're more likely to win we both winners are white yeah we both believe that the reason why that is is because the vast majority of girls wear white and so the odds are in the favor of the white dress probability Mm -hmm. probability okay what's the next one next is lack of energy so there's definitely a different like when you see a girl who's competed a couple times there's an innate confidence right you see them just beaming on stage or they're a performer, they're a cheerleader or they're a singer or a dancer, et cetera. So they're used to being on stage. Someone their first time out on a stage, whether it's in a pageant or any other arena, tend to be a little more timid or shy and they recoil a little bit. And then with that too, we see the polar opposite when contestants are introducing themselves sometimes where they're over the top. So there is a happy medium, but for our first timers, we want to have your energy like really attracting positive attention from the judges. Yeah. When, it's funny because um, there's this girl, I won't call her by name, but we're still friends to this day. I was at her first pageant when she competed, just beautiful and ended up getting like top 10, but it was her very first pageant. And so she was standing up there and she <laughs> just, um, what, what she, she shifted the weight on her hips and then she was just kind of like, no smile, just like shoulder slouch, just like, okay. And then when she was getting ready to go up, like she was the next girl, posture shifted, smiled, <laughs> and she went up there and owned it. And then, so it was a night and day difference. But yeah, newbie pageant girls don't realize that you just, when you're on stage, you got to be on and you got to have that high energy. It, the high energy is always it's high energy equals high vibration and high vibration is always more attractive in that type of setting um, mm-hmm. for, for, for better scores. So yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I have a lot of friends who have judged that say they specifically watch girls that they like when it's not their moment in the spotlight to see how they hold themselves, to see how they're carrying themselves when it's not performance time. And it's very telling for a lot of contestants. So that's a great point, Stephen. I love that you said that. And when you're introducing yourself or you're in your, your private interview, one of the cultural things I'm seeing with a lot of our up and coming contestants that we work with is something called vocal fry. And Stephen, I know you weren't familiar with this term, but you you weren't familiar with the term, but you've definitely heard it. So this is really Kardashian speak. You hear the Kardashians and they have that 
really low, creaky voice with not a lot of vocal support. You can hear me kind of like trying to do it now. And I'm like so far removed from that space that I can't even pretend. But like, it just doesn't come across polished, professional, energetic. So you want to keep your your diaphragm engaged, keep your breath supported so that you can project your, whether it's in private interview or introducing yourself on stage. Yeah, you're going to love my new lipstick line because (laughs) I'm trying. (laughs) But it it is. It's just, it it trails off where it's like, I think I understood what you said. And it it does. In the end, it starts to crack. You know who else did it? Um, Tarek and what was his? Um, his wife's name, the blonde. Oh, Christina. Girl. Christina. Christina did it really bad on oh, HGTV. Oh, she, yeah, she did. You're absolutely right. And it was always it's like, oh. For those of you listening, if you've ever watched Flip or Flop, it's that couple that flips houses and she 100% has vocal fry. I was like, oh, yeah, my jeez, oh, Pete, finish your words, girl. Let's go. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. All right. What's the next one? Okay. Another one that makes me giggle because it's just a sign of trends shifting are kitten heels. So, Stephen, do you want to try to explain what a kitten heel is? <laughs> Let's see. Kitten heels, I always picture them acrylic. I don't know if they are all acrylic not or always. not. But that's when I picture them, that's how I always picture them. It, they're basically one and a half inch heel, two inch heel, which is just, it might as well be a house slipper in pageant terms. Um, For sure. So, that's a kitten heel. Like, the training type of heels that you would wear when you're seven or eight when you get your first pair of heels but when you translate that into a pageant and you're a teen or a miss or above Mm -hmm. it just does not translate well it doesn't because the whole point of wearing higher shoes is to make your legs look longer leaner and your entire line of sight just more statuesque and a kitten heel actually makes you sit flatter on your heels because where other heels they usually I usually advise my clients when they're walking to keep their weight more toward the front of their foot. Kitten heels, you literally have to rest your weight in your heels, which does nothing positive for your carriage. So it's really important that if you are in if you are in teen, miss, or higher, I know when we get into misses divisions, obviously um, bodies change, et cetera. So that's a different conversation. But in that sweet spot of probably preteen, teen, and miss, and early into misses, you want to make sure that you're using a heel that's more elongating. So I would say minimum of three inches if you can bear it. Um, and then from there, the kitten heel is like kind of a stiletto with an inch, an inch, inch and a half height. Um, so you just want to be cautious of that. So what if a girl's in a situation where she's really new to walking in high heels mm-hmm. and maybe three or four inch heels she's just wobbling i mean she has the the giraffe legs the baby giraffe legs going on but in the kitten heels she's money what do you suggest yeah what i suggest is more practice because especially at that age unless you have a, a medical condition or something that prevents you from walking in higher heels which happens um there's two different types of kitten heels i guess so the, the first is and maybe we can put a picture on our podcast website maybe to illustrate but the kitten heel i'm thinking of has a kind of the heel isn't directly under the heel itself it kind of curves in from the front and the back so it has like a little weird 
look to it. So if you if you're really struggling, find one that has a really nice long lean line of underneath the arch of your foot. So instead of where the heel again comes in concaves from both sides, it's more sturdy on the back. So the my my first real answer is practice more because if you are competing in your pageant and you have a month, that doesn't mean you can't be walking around your house for at least an hour a day in your competition shoes, getting better with practice, wearing them out as much as possible, because that's really going to make you look and feel more confident and not copping out with shorter shoes. Love that. Okay. What's the next one? Okay. Okay. Ill-fitting clothing. Oh, is there anything worse? Gosh, that's, that's bad. You take an expensive gown and it doesn't fit right. It looks like it's 20 bucks. You take a $20 gown and if it's amazing, it looks like a $5,000 gown. For sure. So, I mean, but this translates to your interview outfit, to mm-hmm. your evening gown, to your fun fashion, I mean, everything. So, what part do you feel like, now I will say this, that if you're from a state up north and then you're competing down south, sometimes humidity will expand, well, humidity will expand your dress, depending on type of year and all that, so you do want to account for that when you're getting it altered, but outside of that, that like what are some of the common problematic areas that you see jesse that are not like girls don't think to get it tailored or they just Mm -hmm. overlook it or whatever yeah so hem is the first thing i think about and this can go both ways a lot of younger contestants princess or junior princess describe what a hem line is just for people yeah a hem line is the bottom of your garment so if it's a shorter it's usually like where it falls at the knee and then if it's a gown it's where the dress meets the floor so it's the bottom part of your your pants, your skirt, your dress, et cetera. So with little littles, I see a lot of gowns that are too short. Actually, you shouldn't see in your gown, you should not see your shoes unless of course there's a slit. So it needs to be with your heels right at the floor. So that's a big mistake I see people make is not getting their gowns tailored with the shoes they're going to be wearing. Um, And then also with shorter dresses, I see them just not hitting at the right place at the knee. Most people, short dresses look better about two inches above the knee. Um, and that goes for interview, et cetera. Um, so hemline is the first thing, the easiest thing to fix. Like if nothing else, fix your hemline. Um, I shouldn't say if nothing else. I mean, do it all by all means. Um, the other area that I see a huge problem is, is in the waistline. If you look boxy or if you, when you turn, there's a bunch of ripples, it's a, it's a red flag that there is a ton of extra fabric in your waist. And because our waistlines are so different in modern culture, we we tailor a lot of our clothing to our bust and our hips and we kind of ignore our waist as long as it fits those other two parts since those are wider than the hip. So you need to be able to cinch in the waistline of all of your garments. It shows off your hard work in the gym. It also just shows off a feminine figure. And that's what we're celebrating often in pageantry is different figures, but the feminine figure. Um, so it's the the hemline and the waistline I would give the most attention to. That's great. And what about during the week? Like if girls have a week long pageant, sometimes they have a tendency to even lose more weight when they're there. So it can be, um, yeah. So the dress that once fit them could be a little bit saggy. Do you just Mm -hmm. pin it up with clothespins or how do you get around that? So the way, the way you get around that is you just, you, first of all, you find a tailor that you really trust and you bring in all your garments and you say, this is the day that I leave. What's the latest we can do final alterations? Because like if you, if you do lose weight through pageant week, you're going, you're going to lose weight, but it's, you're not going to lose a ton. Like some girls fluctuate more than others, but at 
at least wait as long as possible to get those final alterations. That way you're closest to fighting weight. And then when you get there, it's just a matter of being prepared with your own snacks, being prepared, making sure you're eating enough calories. It's a huge problem during pageant week is because you're always on the go. Have snacks so that you can meet your calorie intake goal of pageant week. So whether you're a swimsuit or not, I don't, that's not an excuse. You have to meet your calorie goal to make sure that you have enough energy to perform. So that would be the first item. And then I always pack with me hem tape just in case, because if you do lose weight, often it can make your garments longer because um, it's not kind of being held up by other body parts. Um, so bring hem tape with you. And then I would bring safety pins just in case. Okay. Awesome. What's the next one? Last item for business um, is your posture. So it's another nonverbal. And because, so I, had a, I evolution is kind of going backwards for me with postures. What I'm seeing is our natural resting state is curved spine, shoulders forwards, forward, and then like neck straight up. So we need to, I'm sure you've heard me say a million times on this podcast, posture is so vital to your success because it just shows confidence. It shows that you are comfortable on stage and it shows that you know how to present yourself in a polished way. So it's always lift up through the chest chest you should always be leading with your chest when you walk and not your hips people think that's opposite so lead with your chest um pull a string right through it and then shoulders back and arched that's great okay and if people want to figure out like how they can work one-on-one -on -one with you or more closely with you how can they do that they can do that by visiting our website, pageantplanet.com, and uh, clicking services and coaching. So they can find me, pageantplanet.com backslash coaching is the short and easy way. And we have everything from one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions if you just need a tune-up to monthly, monthly subscriptions. Awesome. Well, until next week. Thanks, Jesse. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.